Welcome to the Unapologetic Third Act Podcast, where we celebrate the age of possibilities and embrace the power of living on our own terms. I am your host, Lisa Owens, and I couldn't be more excited to embark on this journey of exploration, inspiration, and empowerment with you. We're here to challenge the notion in a world that often equates aging with limitations. The Unapologetic Third Act Podcast is a space where we redefine what it means to thrive in our wisdom years. It's a platform for sharing stories of resilience, reinvention, and pursuing passions that defy societal expectations. In each episode, we'll bring you thought-provoking interviews with remarkable individuals who have harnessed the power of their third act to make their mark on the world. From entrepreneurs to artists, adventurers to advocates, our guests will inspire you with their journeys, triumphs, and unwavering spirit. But this podcast is more than just stories. It's a call to action, an invitation to step into your unapologetic third act. We'll explore strategies, insights, and practical advice to help you unlock your true potential, find your passion, and navigate the unique challenges and opportunities of this stage of life. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and empowered. The Unapologetic Third Act Podcast reminds you that your best days are still ahead. Welcome, my fierce and fearless listeners, to another enlightening episode of the Unapologetic Third Act Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Owens, and today we have a remarkable guest, Lynette LaRue the founder of LLR Coaching and head coach at tribesober.com. Lynette is dedicated to helping empower individuals to live their best lives. Lynette, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Now, the LLR Coaching, it's kind of an LLR coaching, but it's it's abbreviated for Lynette LaRue Coaching. Got it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> because it's kind of like, I know, because I'm kind of like, we all trip, I'm, I'm even tripping over it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know? That's when you get a branding coach. <laughs> many, many moons ago when I started out and I wasn't sure what what, what it was. So maybe there'll be an unapologetic fourth act with a new <laughs> coaching name. <laughs> I love it. Oh, All right. So thanks so much for being with me today okay. here, Lynette. So to start, would you tell us about your journey and what inspired you to create LLR Coaching? Yes. So... I would say six years ago, I was drinking excessively and my life kind of sucked. I was miserable. So I kind of see it as a, yes, to from, from drinking to six years later, um, coaching, having changed my life, no longer drinking, moving countries, quitting my job. So many things happened in the last six years. And uh, so when I reflect back, it was all actually very organic, the way it all just unfolded one piece at a time. That sounds like a perfect example of the reinvention that the Third Apologetic Act is sort of promoting. Mm -hmm. So um, I, will, I guess I'll just start there. What does the Unapologetic Third Act mean to you? Yeah, so it means to me like be just being absolutely comfortable in my own skin and loving um my life it's it's like no longer tolerating what doesn't serve me so if I think back to six years ago when I had my not this moment where I I was always running away from my suck what sucked in my life I was trying to fix myself doing all the things um swimming with dolphins doing ayahuasca trying plant medicines and it was always about how do I fix me and how do I run away from my own brokenness 
and when I realized it wasn't it that's not you can never outrun that you know and first of all we're not broken we're actually all perfect just as we are and so focusing on that is like futile versus focusing on the future focusing on the awesome that we are running towards and I remember this at a seminar um, one of the speakers was saying you can never outrun your past, but you can run to your you can run to your lot. Your you can never outrun your darkness, but you can run towards the light. Mm-hmm. And th- and that just made so much sense to me. So I guess what it means for me is is continuing to to run towards my light, to keep running towards my yes, to keep looking forward, and not focusing so much on the past. Thank you. So Lynette, many of our listeners are in a phase of self-discovery and reinvention as they enter into their third act. How can they embark on this journey with intention and what role does coaching play? Yeah, so one of the things I wanted to just quickly mention is I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is self-care and the importance of self-care. And I think that's where coaching can also really help. And self-care does not mean, you know, just do your nails and do your hair and all those things and have a have a bath and soothe yourself. Self-care is actually when you truly embrace um, the disciplines that move you forward, the intentions. So a daily practice, getting really clear on what am I saying yes to and what am I saying no to? The brain is always going to want to choose the easy. So you've often heard me say that discomfort is the currency of growth. Mm-hmm. So the so your intent if your intention is I'm going to get I'm going to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's such a win. Because the more we expand our comfort zone, the more we um, enhance our life, our capacity to hold discomfort and lean into discomfort is and the way we then increase our comfort zones is so linked so when we are so what I find often happens is that we when I think back to six years ago and even along the way whenever I trip myself up it's because I'm tolerating I'm tolerating a lot of things in my life that are not working for me Mm -hmm. And it's actually very uncomfortable to tolerate these things. It was very uncomfortable to tolerate the morning hangovers. It was very uncomfortable to tolerate the self-loathing. But then how do, how do we tolerate? And uh, instead of leaning in and getting uncomfortable and doing the hard, uh, is we tolerate our life that we don't really want to be in. And we shrink it by buffering and we buffer with addictions. We buffer with alcohol, with food, with over busyness. Uh, so that Stopping. we, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Does that answer the question? It does. Go and that kind of, it ties into, I wanted to ask you to talk more about being comfortable with your edges, which is like, you're, you're sort of on that, but yeah. that's something yes. you happen to. Yes. Like, yeah. Being comfortable with your edges. Like it's really how how far can I stretch them? How far can I surprise myself um, and lean in? So 
Uh, and daily practices, um, saying no to a drink. The first one was saying no to a drink. And when, you, when that was what I was craving and that's what I want and having that whole um, debate always within my head about, well, do I deserve it? I've had such a tough day. Every, everything has been so tough. Do I deserve it? Uh, but I shouldn't because it's poisonous and it, and I've decided I'm not to, I'm not going to. And we have these debates mm. versus, uh, you know what? I'm a non-drinker, make the decision and then lean into the discomfort of that. Um, because the, either you are saying yes to, it, it's like very interesting. I heard this, um, I also heard somebody talk about this and I can't recall his name, but he was saying that, I, you know, if you are, why do people embrace, go on diets and then keep tripping themselves up? And, and he said it's because do you hate your, your life more or your body more? Or do you hate what it feels like to say no to the cookie more? Mm-hmm. And most of us, we hate saying no to the cookie more. <laughs> And so you'd rather just have the cookie because it's also that e that quick and easy pleasure that takes off that takes us out of our discomfort, but it puts us into tolerance. So the more we do that, the more our capacity for tolerance grows, mm. and our capacity for discomfort shrinks. And you and you talk you talk about the dopamine hit that quick the cookie the the thing that even though you know you're not supposed to do it, you get that. I don't know all the science behind it, but yes, exactly. Because um, we're giving ourselves a, a quick boost of of um, dopamine, but this this dopamine is it's a, it's a false dopamine. It's not an earned dopamine. So dopamine is actually released. The organic um, dopamine that drips in is is, is released through effort, mm. and. And that's again, that's the clue. That's the discomfort. Effort feels very uncomfortable for the brain. We understand the motivational triad, which is our basic programming. The brain wants this program to keep us safe. So avoid discomfort and um, and um, get to pleasure by using the least amount of energy. Mm. So it's almost like we have to that kind of worked for us when we needed to get out the cave and we needed to conserve energy and we needed to feel our hunger that discomfort would then motivated us to go out and hunt and get back to safety but in today's world we there's no effort there's there's hardly any effort when we're sitting on our couch and we ordering in uber eats and and watching netflix and smoking and doing all the things at once almost like so many pleasures at once and it's like an onslaught on our psyche and then we don't understand why we are so unhappy Um, yeah and and it is and and i i one of my early flips and switches came when i realized i can do hard things Mm-hmm. And and that on the other side of hard is ease, same as discomfort is the grow is the uh, currency of growth. Love that. Yeah. So, what you're talking about, you know, social events often involve alcohol. 
Like what mm-hmm. strategies or tips do you offer individuals in their third act who want to maintain sobriety while enjoying a social life? So I think that's a huge challenge for a lot of people. Who... Yes. So I'll, the way I, te- I, I teach it to my clients, the way I learned it was by creating my future self, the future of me that preferred not to drink, that was healthy, um, comfortable in her own skin. How did she think? How did she feel? So when I started going to social events, I would I would bring her in and say, okay, so, so, so you who prefers not to drink, how do you enter a bar or enter a party? What do you what are your thoughts? What do you what is it what is it that you choose to drink? Um, how do you engage? What are your thoughts? And one of the early ones that I that I embraced was I am the fun. I bring the fun. And and it's amazing how when you give your brain a thought, it goes and tries to find evidence for it. And so thought work, uh, uh, I always say you're a sentence away from your best life. Mm, I love that. And I never understood understood it, but I do now because I've done so much thought work. Um, and I've seen how the power of thought and choosing believable thoughts that move me forward have changed my life. And that was one of them. And so what I actually did to create the, the identity around my future me was I, I looked around and observed people who I admired at, at social um, gatherings who didn't drink. Mm-hmm. And I would talk with them and I would um, engage them. Like, have you ever drunk or why don't you drink? And, and it was amazing what they would say. So one of one of these people actually was a, a colleague that I worked with. Uh, he was Muslim. He had never had alcohol in his life. But boy, he was the fun of the party and the life of a party. You know, every you know, everybody was always like, whenever we had functions, it was like, when is the bear going to be here? When is he going to arrive? It, it, was, it was like when, when he ar- arrived, he came in, he was styled, he was dressed, he was full of energy and he got the party going and he, and he didn't drink a sip of alcohol. And I was like, wow, that's how I want to be. That's how I want to enter. I want to enter with that quality of I am the fun, I bring the fun, let's get this party going. I'm interested in you. Tell me about you. I mean, so that's, so now today, in today's world, my world today, going to social functions and not drinking is the easiest thing. And and I've just realized it's not what's in our glass that makes the occasion. It's the quality of the people. It's the quality of our engagement with each other and sometimes it yeah we we, we arrive we are at a, I am at a party or I'm at a place where I just don't find that I'm gelling mm-hmm. and it's just not not maybe not really my scene and then I'm like that's okay I don't I don't need to tolerate this which is what I was saying what we do when we go to our our wines and our addictions where we start eating it when we not when we are on a healthy eating plan is we are then putting out it, it's not self-care we are then tolerating something that we that, that that our whole being is actually saying this is not really our thing so why do we want to tolerate it 
And uh, so that's also where the deeper work comes in with people pleasing, you know, having your own back, learning the self-trust that we are enough and um, learning to please ourselves first. And yeah, so that's how I would um, encourage people to have a look at it. It's it's all a mindset. It's a, you're a sentence away from nailing it. Thank you. So obviously what we're talking about, sobriety plays a significant role in the work you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, are there any other benefits you can share that, pe uh, that people receive by embracing a sober lifestyle? I know there are a lot of misconceptions about it. People are like, oh, you won't have fun anymore. You know, you mm -hmm. just talked about bringing the fun, but I, I just hear a lot of people saying, oh, you know, I'm afraid in that people, you know, won't invite me anymore. Mm -hmm. But how do you help people navigate feelings like that? Uh, yeah, and it's, it's really um, about really looking at what, you, what, what are they making it mean? You know, what, what are their sentences? What are their self-limiting beliefs? What are their triggers? So I encourage people, my clients to have a trigger diary. And I said, bring the triggers. Your triggers are like breadcrumbs into your self-limiting beliefs. Mm. And let's look at those. And that's when, and then we'll see which are the ones that are serving you, which ones are not. And so how can people really benefit from embracing a sober lifestyle? Well, you stop tolerating. You start having your own back. You start really living a much bigger life. You actually you start enhancing the quality of your life, your health, your well-being, spiritually, mentally, physical, all improves. And um you and while and all the while you are living your life and by not tolerating it you don't have to escape from it um one of the big keys that i i also learned was to take radical self-responsibility mm -hmm. and to, to teach that um you can't outsource your sobriety or your health or your well-being to a diet, to a coach, to a pill, you, 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 you cannot. And I know a lot of us, we want a diagnosis. We want to just give me a pill, you know, mm. just um, make it easier. And I'm saying, no, radical self-responsibility. When you can learn to truly trust yourself and have the confidence within yourself that when I say I'm not going to drink, I don't. Or when I say I'm going to show up, I do. Mm -hmm. No matter how uncomfortable it feels, I'm going to do it. If I, if I have a morning routine and I don't feel like it, I do it. It's like we start pushing away the feelings. We start being able to pause between the feeling and the action. Because most of us do or don't do things because of how we think it's going to make us feel or how we don't want to feel and if we are very practiced in letting ourselves off the hook uh tomorrow we don't need to do this now um we procrastinate we procrastinate snack we actually tolerate the plan so mine. <laughs> yeah procrastinate plan all of those things we do this and, and we're not actually engaged in 
living our life and being in our life and be and taking messy action and learning and growing and evolving and constantly expanding our, our comfort zones but to do that we need to take responsibility and really start uh, almost like adulting ourselves mm. we need to be we need to be the parent we need to be from a loving place and i think that's the other big key that when we when I when I'm waking up in the morning and I'm like oh today I've I've had I feel really heavy I feel like everything is like I'm going to be dragging a heavy purse I have those mornings Mm -hmm. and I used to say like what's wrong with me this is not good like what going back to fixing you know I shouldn't be feeling this way and now I just say like what's the matter love Let's just go and do a thought downloads. Let's see what's happening there. It's okay. Let's go and do our, our breath work. It's just, let's go. And I, and I you know that that's part of what helps you. And this is just part of the 50-50. So the concept that I learned from Brooke Castillo on the 50-50 helped me so much that life is always going to be positive and negative. It can't just be positive all the time. And so 50% of the time we are, we are feeling good. We are feeling well and the other 50 not Or So when it, now I always tell myself, Oh, we're on the 50 suck. No, it's okay. We, we'll get through this. We just embrace this. We lean in and then the 50 awesome comes again. Um, and what we were talking about responsibility reminds mm-hmm. me, you know, I'm big in the Jack Canfield work. And one of his mm-hmm. principles is take 100% responsibility for your life, right? So that's the same yes. thing he's talking about. Yes. And he always says, you you can't hire someone to do your pushups for you. Just like you're saying, you can't outsource these things. We all have to be responsible for, for taking that, for adulting, as you said. Yes, and I I love that. It's like even if we hire a personal trainer, I mean, unless we do the work, we're not going to improve. Right. Yeah, I love that. You're going to have to do the push-ups. You're going to have to do the mental heavy lifting to create a really strong, resilient mindset. Mm-hmm. So let's switch. I know you recently launched your inaugural program, Path to Purpose. Tell us about yes. this. Yes, the path to purpose really also again came came about organically. So, uh, beginning of this year, twenty twenty three, I I asked myself, so what is my intention for twenty twenty three? And the word create came in to came to me, and I was like, this is the year that I start creating. This is uh, so I'm going to be cre- I mean, and I'm going to create a group coaching program. So I've been doing a lot of one-on-one coaching and loving that. But I thought the next growth for me would be to create a group coaching program, and and it again it just okay organically the words came as I was brainstorming with my mentor from Tribe Sober Janet about what 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 is what was the intention behind it and the intention was really to do for people to do the deeper emotional sobriety work so it's one thing to just say okay i'm not drinking anymore but then what 
And the path to purpose came about as to the, and then what? And, and, it, and it also was for me, I wanted to have a program where I could really teach and coach all the tools that, that I've learned in the last six years that absolutely changed my life. And, and I thought, what a better way to do it. The best way to do this is actually in a group coaching program, because in a one-to-one -one session, there's not there's coaching and coaching is not really teaching. So what's the difference so between coaching the, and teaching? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go I'll ahead. The principle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so coaching is really where we, we are, I'm, I'm a client's thinking partner. I ask questions. I can maybe advise some resources, additional reading to support some of, of the things my client is, cha is challenged with. But it's very much about you are the expert in your own life. Mm. And the quality of the coaching session is really about the quality of the questions and asking really powerful questions that get the client to reflect on and go deep in for their own inner wisdom and truth, which we all have. But so often we it, it's very challenging to access our, our sage, our wisdom, when we are so much in our saboteurs. And our saboteurs are so sneaky. They are coping mechanisms. And sometimes our saboteurs look look like and feel like, oh, they this is how I've always gotten ahead. I'm a hyperachiever, I'm, I'm very controlling, I'm a stickler, I make things happen. And but it's driven by fear and it's driven on negative emotion. And that's how we know that it's it's a it's saboteur driven and it's gonna it's gonna drive us to never enoughness. And and so to understand that also I think sometimes we need to bring in teaching. Okay, so let's understand saboteurs and how they work and how do we engage our positive intelligence centers in the brain. So I'm fascinated by also understanding the neuroscience behind these concepts, behind um, how we, why embracing discomfort is so incredibly valuable to us as humans, why we are so resistant to it. For me, understanding my brain uh, was part of the big, big picture. So, mm -hmm. and so in a one-on-one -on -one coaching session, it's, it's not always the opportunity to do that. But I found in the group coaching program, we can look at the concepts like the 50-50, uh, unconditional love, setting boundaries, saboteurs, and it's it's more it create and, and we also learn from one another, which I think is incredibly yeah. valuable. It, for me, in a, in a group setting, I facilitate often, and it's amazing the wisdoms that come within the group. It's uh, it's and how people. So somebody share is is the the change for someone else it's just flipped the switch yeah because even if you come and you don't have questions just hearing the, yeah. the discoveries through others can be very powerful yes yes exactly 
So that's why I path to purpose. And that's what I, so it's a, and I've kept it very small and intimate. So I only take a small, a, a 10 people, 10 beautiful um, people on it. And it's a place of co-creation. It's a sacred space where we co-create and there'll be pop-ups and we'll see organically what unfolds, but there is a kind of framework regarding the concepts that I want to cover. Thank you. So um, let's just talk about overcoming challenges. I know like the coaching will help give people mm -hmm. tools, you know, navigating sobriety, especially later in life can be challenging um, just or sobriety or any behavior change. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you have for those looking to overcome an, an addiction or unhealthy behavior as they move into their third act? Well, I think one of the, what I would encourage um, someone who wants to really go into their third act and wants to reinvent themselves, wants to reinvent their life, uh, wants to change up things, wants to feel the juiciness of being, al the aliveness again, is to start by writing a beautiful eulogy. Mm. And I, I know out of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's actually um something that's 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 come to me lately as, as being so incredibly powerful when we think about writing our own beautiful eulogy and who's going to read it at our funeral and or how we're going to be cremated all of it and what are we bringing in there is a beautiful way for us to start aligning to and you know if, uh, we, we can we want to imagine a gentle death uh, how do we want to die and so we, we create the whole story for ourselves. It's like the, it's like really working with the future us, but the future, the future us who is now breathing out her last breath. And what is her legacy really? Mm -hmm. And legacy was what I wanted to talk about as well. You know, how do people yes. see that legacy? And I think it, and, and for me, it really comes from. It sounds maybe a bit morbid, but it's actually one of the most amazing tools. And um, and I've brought it into my coaching now in terms of how to write it. And it's to make it's very personal for each person who does, but it becomes your imprint mm -hmm. of how you want to move forward. And then even have a picture of yourself at that age. Or what age is it going to be that you're going to leave this earth? Is it going to be 98? Is it going to be 100? Is it going to be 110? And, and right from there. All right. Got a couple more and then we can just open it up for whatever you want to share. So yes. I think another thing that people struggle with, I know myself, just fear and self-doubt can mm. be a huge fear barrier to personal growth and you know tr lifestyle transitions and you know how how do you and we've talked about stepping into your full potential mm -hmm. but like how do people how do you empower people to get past that fear and of the obstacles and the unknown when they're trying to make a, a major life change or not even a major life change just mm -hmm. something that's scary to them 
Yes, so we do a lot of work around um, building self-confidence. And again, uh, understanding that the opposite of fear is excitement. So it's leaning more into the excitement. Again, when we are driven from our fear, our fear often holds us back, keeps us frozen, mm-hmm. or gets us into our saboteurs, a hyperachiever, or and eventually we'll burn out. So one of the ways is through curiosity. So what is our superpower? I think our superpower is curiosity. So when you're feeling fear and self-doubt, get curious and and talk to yourself and see your sentences and give yourself little challenges initially and little challenges that stretch you just a little bit but they stretch you enough that when you do it you build the self-confidence and self-trust that you can do it it's no, we had we had this when we were growing up, when we were children, we had so much self-confidence. So understanding the difference between confidence and self-confidence. So as we get older, we we rely on confidence to make our choices. I'm confident I can do this. I've done this so many times. Now I'm confident. Um, but when we're needing to learn a new skill, we don't yet believe that we have the skill we don't know if we can do it which then holds us back Uh, whereas when we were small everything was a possibility we didn't know that we could walk and then we walked we fell we knocked our knees we cried we got up again I'll never walk yeah yeah. Yeah, I mean it was I can never walk Uh, even the enthusiasm and I mean I see that with my grand my grandsons now the absolute enthusiasm of for life that's there in children we can learn from observe from it's all about possibility and again a fantastic book that I read about about that is called the gap in the game so when we are in the gap, we are always in pursuit. I actually, of I have it right here. You recommended it and I've got it. I haven't started. Oh, <laughs> oh you haven't started. I love yeah, that book got because, it. yes, it's always about thinking about what am I going to gain mm-hmm. versus what am I going to lose? So when we are in fear and self-doubt, we are, we are motivated by the gap, by I mean, we are motivated by excitement and possibility. It's the gain. What am I gaining? Mm-hmm. You know, how's my life going to enhance when I do this? How's my comfort zone going to expand? I'm going to be living a bigger life. Um, that's that's how I juice. That's where all our juiciness comes from. So, and then every time, the more we practice that skill, the more that becomes our new normal and the bigger our life becomes and the juicier our life becomes. And that's why I find goals so powerful. It's almost like we we set goals, setting yourself a goal is not even as much about achieving it. It's about becoming the person who, who is going to achieve that goal. And yeah, and one of my favorite uh, stories about that is Dr. Gladys McGarry, who is now 103 mm. and has a 10-year goal. And I mean, she's just, she wrote a book at 102 about her six, the six 
secrets of her longevity, um, of what helps us have a juicy, long, long, uh, beautiful, uh, vibrant life. And and I love her principles and um, and her and and one of the things that that she talks about is setting yourself a goal gives you gives gives your brain and your being the sense that you are here for a reason mm. you, you're not here just to exist you're not here just to tolerate your life you're not here just to drink it away and just to work at something that you, that's draining the life force out of you and i think that that's um like your purpose not, driven there's some purpose driven yes, yeah. it's purpose driven how how can i and how do we how do we embrace you're here for a reason do an act of kindness every day wake when you're waking up rather than saying oh how am i facing this day whose life can i make easier by being here today how can i add value today mm-hmm. so that's part of what she talks about and then she says and then when you have your 10 year goal it's just far enough to feel real and it's also not too close to feel that's unattainable so it's a beautiful mix between and you so i mean you've done jack canfield's work on goals so i'm sure you can really talk much more about that yeah would you and, repeat the name of the book and her name so people can find it uh, dr gladys mcgarry i need to see if i can find her the title of her book and if not i can find it and put it in the notes no worries yeah okay i'll take care of um, that. Oh, okay because yeah i've just i don't know the name of the book oh i've got her name i'll find it so uh, yeah she's written a few and living medicine is one she's written another one born to live but the the, the most recent is the well-lived life right it's such a beautiful it's i mean i've seen her interviews i've read uh articles i haven't read the book it's on my to read list uh, because i'm just so inspired by her so inspired (laughs) And and also that and one of her other secrets is where she talks about okay, all of life needs to move. So we need to move. Life is life that is not perpetually in motion dies. So and, and she's got these like beautiful little mini goals again that she does three thousand five hundred steps a day and she does it with her walk canal. She. <laughs> she's she's got an adult tricycle that she cycles on everywhere and what an inspiration what an inspiration right right and and then she also says that the best medicine the most profound medicine is love also and and uh, I can't agree more. So when you embark on any of the under journey and, and versus, love versus fear, excitement and love, you know, lo- self-care from love. It's, it's truly loving yourself when you do the difficult things you don't want to do. It's the ultimate act of self-love and self-care when you take radical self-responsibility for yourself. Um, and yeah, and that you're never truly alone. 
uh, you're guided you're never truly alone and I I love that and I, I love that because for many of us even when we are in relationships or we have friendships we have a, a deep sense of loneliness I think it's part of what comes up for a lot of my clients where they all talk about they'll have people around them but they they've got this deep pain that they can't even share with anybody and and that and that's also where I like to work with with coaching because what is that pain we need to surface it we need to look at it and and again find the fulfillment of life of yourself being so worthy and thus truly loving yourself and everything is your teacher I mean how beautiful is that I one of my mantras is everything is for me life is happening for me not to me <laughs> yes yes I just that was another power sentence that I just that came to me a couple of years ago and that I've embraced and 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 she says everything is your teacher so when her husband um, divorced her after 40 years of marriage it was one of the toughest times for her in her life it became her best one of her most profound teachers and forgiveness and love and finding her own voice mm -hmm. yeah and then her final one which I also love is Spend your energy wildly, even if you're 103. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I, I think that's really what our third and unapologetic third act is about. It is truly about being comfortable in our skins, having our own back, not tolerating anymore, pleasing right. ourselves, be, and spending our energy wildly how we want to that's and exactly what i want this movement to be is for people yes. to embrace that you know and stop conforming to the the societal norms that have been placed upon us for so long you know it's like just because you're 50 or 60 it's like yeah what are you going to do with the next 40 or 50 years you know exactly uh one of one of the things that she says that you you only eight, you only get old after 98 years <laughs> <laughs> well we have a ways to go then <laughs> we have ways to go we, we, we'll, we'll probably have our fourth and fifth acts all to come so tying all that in talk about resilience and where that comes in this whole transformation and transition yes the beautiful inner resilience that self-trust Mm -hmm. um again resilience comes from a very strong healthy vibrant mindset where everything is my teacher this the, uh, my my sentence for resilience is i was made for this so whenever i'm really challenged in my life that's my go-to sentence i was made for this and I don't believe that if, if, that life offers us any situation or circumstance we weren't made for. As mm. humans, we are already, just by being born, just by actually being 
conceived and, uh, and, and the, the sperm and the egg that came together to create us means we were resilient. We were the resilient ones. So it's inborn in us. So it's just about, again, about practicing our resilience, stepping into our resilience and, and trusting that no matter what circumstance we need to face, we can do it. It'll, it'll make, it'll grow us, it'll evolve us. Uh, again, the more uncomfortable we prepare to be, if, if, if discomfort becomes our friend, the more we discomfort becomes our friend, the more resilient we become. And I know sometimes um, it may sound like, oh, where is the joy? And, and the joy comes from that, I call it the Goldilocks moment. So that we have when everything feels just right. And it comes after we've challenged ourselves, we've accomplished something, comes in those moments where we feel the chemicals are all juicing together. We've got something that we look forward to. We've got a game plan. We've got agency. And we have that sense of joy and service. And when we serve, so how can I add value today is such a important cog, cog in the wheel of this yeah. whole thing. And I'm suddenly hearing the song by Jai Jagdish, where she sings, um, go out and serve my love. Then you will know what it's like to be in heaven. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, And that's, that's where I want to be. I want to be, I want to make a positive difference in other people's lives and, and serve. So I, Yes, and you know how how I how my coach challenged me to do that in my in a situation where I was so uncomfortable and 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 in a work situation where I I felt unappreciated, I felt less than, I felt like this person didn't respect me, and and she challenged me to get the to to become to focus on how can I serve? How can I make this person's life better? And how can I add value to this company by being there? Mm. So, and, and it was really that mind shift, one of the earliest ones in my sobriety, um, where I've started to focus on, less on how everybody made me feel, and rather on how did I make others feel and how was I serving my colleagues? It was a very, very different approach. And it's such a lesson. I mean, from being so unhappy, but when I left the company last year, it was on such a high and it was in such a good place. And I mean, I can only say that I couldn't have dreamt it six years ago. Sounds like there's been a lot of lot of transition, transformation yes. in your own life. Yes, very much. Yes. So, let tell tell my listeners what resources are available through your coaching. You know what you offer, what 
um, and, and how they can get in contact with you? Yes, so they can um, get in contact with me. So if they're listening to this podcast, um, can can experience a, a a complimentary coaching session with me. Perfect. Just email me, Lynette Larue, Lynette at LLRcoaching.com. Sorry, Lynette at LLRcoaching.com. I'll put that in the notes, no worries. Yes. Send me an email. Let's set up a session so that you can experience and we can we can see what it is that you want to change in your life. Um, what I do offer my clients as well is uh, a customized three-month plan. So work with me for three months. Mm -hmm. And we have a customized plan that we come up with for you. Where you find, we're meeting you where you're at. And it's weekly sessions included there. And... Um, whatsapp support between sessions so you kind of have me in your back pocket on that program so i encourage my clients to... a better better coach in my back pocket so oh thank you thank you and then of course my group coaching program path to purpose um the next one will be will be i'll be running it um next year and i'll be running other similar group, group coaching programs and, and I haven't, I'm still creating them, but uh, in December, I'll, I'm also going to be creating like a, a mini webinar, which is going to be to support you through the festive season. It's mm. going to be, um, it's going to be free. It's just going to be for us to get to know each other and for me to impart some tools on, okay, so how do we navigate yeah, that's a great social... resource for people during yeah. a difficult time for yes, a Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm also looking looking at more how can I support people who are at different spaces in their journey and in their finances. Mm -hmm. And um because not everybody can afford coaching, but but yeah, but webinars you can learn so much from. And especially I mean, yeah, and then group coaching is is an option and group coaching programs with me, and then of course, um much more intimate one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. Sounds like a, a, a great number of options to work with you. So yes, sharing yes. that. So Lynette, what are you most unapologetic about in your life? All of it. <laughs> the messy, all of it, the messy, the mess, the, 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 the anguishing parts, the, the lows, the, the, the decisions that I made sometimes that were just like, what were you thinking? I just, I just, um, I'm totally unapologetic about all of it. Love it. Love that. Um, so is there anything else you would like to share? You've, you've shared so much, but I, I'm going to turn it over, open it up to you. Yeah, I think I've shared, like you said, I've, I've shared, I think, my main message. And thank mm -hmm. you very much for, yeah, for the platform for me to of actually course. share and talk about my unapologetic third act <laughs> and my and reinvention and, yeah, and to share some of my tools and my insights that I've learned along the way. So it's such a privilege to do that. Oh, it's such a pleasure and, to have you, Lynette. Thank you. 
So thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. So I'll Is ask it, you one more question. Yes. What's your, what's your call to action for my fierce and fearless listeners? What, what do you want to leave everyone with today? Embrace love and stop tolerating. What are you tolerating? Get very clear on what are you tolerating? I'm sorry, I think I cut you off. Did you have you were about to say something else? So apologies. No. <laughs> I'm thinking I was I was thinking aloud and I'm like, okay, what would I really call to action is really to maybe write that eulogy. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. And then get in touch if you want some support. I'd love to support you. I, I love what you always say about get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. So it's going to be probably very uncomfortable writing your <laughs> eulogy. I haven't done it, and I'm sure it will be very uncomfortable. So. Yeah. It, it, you know, so much comes up. But I don't want to spoil it. It's just so much comes up, but come come from a place of absolute self-love, self-compassion, and curiosity. Those are our superpowers. All right. Well, thank you, Lynette, for sharing your expertise and insights with us today. Your work helping individuals embrace sobriety and empowerment in their third act is, is truly inspiring. You you are truly inspiring, Lynette. Um, so are you. So are you, Lisa. Thank you. Um, and again, you can reach Lynette at llrupcoaching.com. And um, I will put her contact information in the show notes. And you can reach out for the complimentary consultation to see if yes. there's a fit for working with her in one of her programs. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, if you found the, today's conversation as enlightening as I did, subscribe to the Unapologetic Third Ad po Podcast for more engaging episodes. Until next time, remember to embrace your third act with confidence and purpose, whether that involves sobriety or any other path you choose. Thank you. And that concludes another inspiring episode of the Unapologetic Third Act Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey of celebrating life after 50 and embracing the power of our wisdom years. I genuinely appreciate you. We hope that today's episode has left you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to embrace your unapologetic third act. Remember, age is not a barrier to living a vibrant, purposeful life. You can shape your narrative and create a future filled with endless possibilities. If you love what you've heard, please leave me a five-star review on your favorite platform and share it with everyone you know, like, or love who needs to listen to this message. I am Lisa Owens.